Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, today I'd like to kind of start off with, you know, whether it's a shrink, I, I know that's disparaging, a therapist, how about that? A guru, a shaman, or a pill. Keep in mind that at some point, you need to recognize that you are in the best position to heal yourself. Now, it's not to say that therapists and gurus and shamans and all of that aren't helpful, but they more or less are guides. If successful, I might add, they're guides to help you get in touch with what? And the simple answer is what you need to do in order to become a better and healthier person what you need to do. Now, of course, a lot of people uh, don't want to have to accept that. I've often said time and time again that people sometimes come into therapy not because they, they want to figure out how they have to change, but they want to become better neurotics. Seriously, I, I, I truly believe that, that you know people don't want to have to stop worrying. They just don't want anything bad to happen. They don't want to uh, have to, you know, whatever it might be. They don't want to invest energy into change. They want magic, abracadabra. You know, those, those words that will set me free. Well, there aren't any. If you really feel imprisoned, then it's you who have to set you free. And that's what we're going to talk about today taking full responsibility, coaching responsibility for whatever healing you need to incorporate in order to become the best you. So I'm going to go through a few things that you need to recognize in order to accomplish this gargantuan feat of healing yourself. It's not that gargantuan. It feels that way. I understand that. When you're pummeled, and you're down on your luck, or you're depressed or anxious, it feels gargantuan to just move against that tide. But when you break everything down to its kind of core elements, and take it one step at a time, everything becomes manageable. Everything. So the first thing I'd like you to recognize is that everything in you Everything in you would rather be healthy. Now, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but again, I'm saying beyond you, beyond the ego, the thinking part of you, everything in you, your psyche, your physiology, everything would rather be in a healthy state. And we call this healthy state homeostasis. And that comes from the the Greek words, two words that mean, that are the same and steady. So homeostasis is trying to maintain that same and steady state. 
it's that ability, the tendency of the body or a cell. You know, this is not just the, you know, the, the large, it's the small. And everything in you is trying to seek and maintain a condition of equilibrium. Or uh, we might say a stable environment, an internal environment, whether it be psychological or physiological. And especially as this deals with external changes. So we want to be able to maintain that steady rudder through our experiences in life. And this is particularly true for us in this podcast is that homeostasis is particularly true for you if you're struggling because you're wanting to find that healthy state. You'd rather be in that healthy state. When I say you, I'm not just talking about you in terms of your ego. You, your psyche, your physiology, your well, your total being would rather be in a state of homeostasis state of equilibrium of stability and and what's important is to realize that this this thrust towards or desire towards homeostasis this is a force of nature why is that important well because anything that pulls you away from your steady healthy state is going against nature itself anxiety, depression, emotional struggle, panic. This goes against nature. Nature abhors these conditions. And everything in you would rather be in that homeostatic state of equilibrium, the way you are meant to be. So that's the first thing I want you to recognize is that you really are meant to be healthy, steady, and stable. This is the homeostatic state that your nature would rather have. So you're either facilitating that or you're detracting from that. And this is, this is what we need to get into. Because if your nature is to promote and, and thrust you toward a healthy state of equilibrium, what are the elements that deter, that distract, that deflect you from that goal? So the next thing I'd like you to recognize is that the reason you suffer, the reason you've abandoned the homeostatic mechanism of your body and psyche is because of insecurity. Insecurity distorts. So sure, there's a force of nature that's trying to find balance and equilibrium, but insecurity comes along and mucks up the work. And think of insecurity. Let's say you have reading glasses or eyeglasses. And if you smudge up the reading glasses, you know, then we're not seeing clearly. We're seeing a world that has become distorted. And this is what insecurity does. You, you wind up feeling doubtful distrusting about yourself, your abilities, your capacity to handle life. You doubt. I can't do that. Oh, I better not try that. That's, that's going to get me in trouble. Oh, I, I, better, I better retreat. So insecurity creates doubts. You know, part of the smudge on those glasses is the doubting part of insecurity. 
you know, and then there's fears. The fear of doing what's necessary to reclaim your life. What if I fail? I'll, I'll never, you know, doubts and fears, they're intimately related. But fear is more of that amygdala response, the fight flight, you know, it's, it's, we, we, we feel threatened. And that will certainly hold us back, especially if you are anything less than courageous about reclaiming your life. And then there's the negativity, you know, the attitude, the pessimistic attitude. This is driven and enhanced by insecurity. And when you have a negative perception or an attitude of life, then of course that affects you in the present. Pessimism is about what's going to go awry in the future. And as long as you have a pessimistic attitude, well, you're going to hit the brakes today. You're going to, you know, resist movement towards what might be beneficial because you're trying to protect yourself. So insecurity is often seeing danger in safe places. And since you're looking through distorted lenses, of course, what are you protecting yourself from? Well, oftentimes you're protecting yourself from yourself, from your own fears, your own doubts. So it's important to recognize the impact of insecurity. And you can never overestimate that impact. Now, insecurity is a driving force in and of itself, which is contrary to the force of nature seeking homeostasis. Insecurity thumbs its nose up at a homeostatic desire for balance and says, I'm in danger. I'm scared. I can't afford to put my guard down. Insecurity is a defensive state, a defensive posture against life. And the more insecure you are, the less formidable you feel, the more insecurity has full reign. And insecurity will, will run havoc through your life if you sit back and become part of that insecurity. You're abandoning yourself, your ability, and you are handing yourself over to insecurity, which wants to pull you away from anything that may be perceived as dangerous. Now, something else I want you to recognize, now this is unlike homeostasis, which is more of a, it's more of an inherent thrust towards balance and stability. But I want you to recognize that you have the power to heal. Now I'm, trying, I'm making, splitting hairs here, but that power is, it is similar to homeostasis, but it is something that you command, where homeostasis is a, a natural thrust towards wanting balance and stability. The power that you possess is a power that you have to trigger. And it is a concept that you either adhere to, that you accept and embrace, or that you reject. But it is important for you to know that regardless of your struggle, Regardless of how deep down in the well you feel you are, you need to recognize that you do have the power to do what's necessary to heal. Now, as I said earlier, everything's possible if you, if you have a path to follow. If we break it down to its incremental steps and you recognize that it's manageable, 
oftentimes the reason we feel so powerless and impotent is because we're looking at the the macro experience of our struggle. And I'd like you to look at the micro experience. I'd like you to realize the need to break down your struggle and make it understandable. And that begins with understanding the impact of insecurity. Now, what is insecurity? Well, you may think I'm throwing that out there as if we all have insecurity, and I am. Insecurity is, in my estimation, in my self-coaching view of things, is ubiquitous. It is part of the human condition. You know, let's face it, we don't have wings to fly away from danger and claws to protect us. We have our minds. And we grow up as a child of the world without any defenses. Our parents are our only source of security. And depending on the quality of the parenting you had, and also depending on the environment you grew up in, whether there was sickness and loss and all kinds of things like that, it's, it's inevitable that to some degree we all possess insecurity. And insecurity becomes habituated, and it then starts to direct the course of our lives. Now, some are more insecure than others, of course. But the more insecure you are, the more you rely on the habits of insecurity to protect you, to help you feel in control. When insecurity is making you feel vulnerable, of course, you're trying to figure out how to feel less vulnerable. So you're spending a lot of time addressing insecurity's smudged view of life of insecurity's perception of danger. And you are retaliating against insecurity by over-controlling life, by worrying. Worry is the most ubiquitous of all insecurity-driven habits. We worry because we can't trust that we're going to handle life. Of course not. That's the insecurity-diminished psyche that self-worth, that self-esteem, that powerless feeling. So when you are neurotically driven and insecurity has corrupted your natural empowerment, or I shouldn't say, well, it's corrupted it, it's suppressed it. That, that natural ability is there. And that's why I say you have the power to heal. But that power gets suppressed by the faulty, smudged thinking of insecurity. So you need, to, you need to take a leap with me here. You need to realize that even though you don't recognize it, even though you feel you may be a thousand miles away from feeling empowered and powerful to heal, it's there. Just go with that assumption as if it's true. Starting right now, this moment, I want you to go on as if the power you need to heal yourself, whatever you struggle, that that power exist. It may be suppressed, it may be pushed down, but that ex that need to heal, that's, that's powerful. And the more you get in touch with it, the more energy you will have to move in that direction. That was that force of nature, that homeostatic force. It's like a beach ball being held underwater. It wants to heal. There is that in you that wants to not suffer. So when insecurity suppresses the power that resides within you, you're at odds with life itself, with your healing itself. And you succumb to depression, 
anxiety, listlessness, lethargy. You see, because now, without recognizing that you have the power to do anything about your circumstances, you concede, you give up. Rather than fighting and recognizing your power, you start to identify with powerlessness, impotence. And of course, that's depressing. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, life's going on around you and you're no match for life. It's a very, very dire place to be. You're probably sitting there saying, well, well, why, why, why is insecurity able to do this? I'm not a child any longer. I'm not as vulnerable. I have resources. Yeah, but unfortunately, a lot of your resources are habits of control. You know, they're not the natural habits of self-trust. You see, when we try to control life, we're more or less leaning in the direction of insecurity because we can't handle life. That would be self-trust. We can't trust that we can handle life. So we rely on insecurity-driven attempts to over-control life. Take, for example, the person who wants to avoid calamity, conflict. The person that wants to avoid any confrontation. Well, we'll just use that as an example. And that person may retreat. That person may retreat into what I might call a turtle shell. In fact, I call this a turtle personality. And what does a turtle shell do for you? Well, it's think of a turtle. It's pretty invincible. You're in that shell and you're protected. But you're also not living because life inside the shell is not like life outside the shell. So if you rely on withdrawal as a controlling strategy, if you rely on worrying as a controlling strategy, if you rely on hostility as pushing people away from you in order to control, if you rely on becoming more powerful, more wealthy, to use money, power, and status as a means to feel in control, if you use insecurity to heal you, you're going to get further and further away from that life force, that power that's being suppressed, that beach ball. And the further you get away from your natural power, the more you rely on controlling strategies and the weaker you become. And the more dependent you become on the neurotic tendencies to protect you from perceived danger. And remember, I said insecurity sees danger in safe places. The more neurotic you are, the more danger you see, the more danger you feel, the more obsessive you become about needing to be in control. Now, oftentimes, you know, I always look at everything in life on a continuum. And you know from my podcasts that it's always helpful to realize that whatever symptoms you're feeling, you know, you're still in the ballpark of being a normal human being with afflictions. Now, on the let's go to the left end of that continuum, these might be almost absent or non-existent symptoms. But as we start to progress towards more and more insecurity, what happens? Well, we start to rely more and more on our habits of control. And those habits of control become more obsessive. And we feel we need to worry more. Or we need to become more fastidious with our life, you know, and everything has to be in its place. And if something's out of its, you know, whatever it is, that kind of OCD tendency, whatever it is, whether it's obsessive worrying, rumination, what we're trying to do is feel safe vis-a-vis insecurity-driven habits of control. 
which are never going to give you the safety you're looking for. They're only going to give you a Band-Aid and you need to keep applying that Band-Aid and you're not growing. You're not maximizing your homeostatic ability, your power. What you're doing is you're becoming more reliant on control, more control, more control. And like a juggler, if you have all these controlling strategies and you're juggling the balls and you're worrying and you're withdrawing and you're... What happens? Lactic acid builds up. Eventually, the juggle falters. The juggle comes apart, and what happens? Well, that's when real symptoms, intense symptoms, anxiety, depressions, that's when that all begins. When you don't have your controlling strategies as a go-to Band-Aid. So you see, controlling life isn't the answer. Ultimately, it's the problem. Now, the juggle may not fall apart, you may go on the rest of your life, you know, being insulated from life, defending yourself against life. You, you could go on doing that, but the quality of your life will, in fact, suffer. And that's a fact. If you are living with anticipation of tomorrow, of the things that could go awry, if you are not present and able to let life unfold naturally, in the moment. You see, that's where true enjoyment is, true quality of life is. If you're ever congested back in the past, things that went awry, beating yourself up, or in the future with things that you're trying to navigate that may never happen. What if I don't get that job? What if she doesn't like me? So being present is one way to counter the effects of over-controlling life. But, but even being present, you know, that's challenged tooth and nail by insecurity. Insecurity says, yes, but. Yeah, no, I can try to be present. But what, but what is this? You know, what am I going to do when... See, so you, you, you're so inculcated with trying to protect yourself that you can't really give yourself the respite that's necessary to just, just relax. Mm-mm. So, so we go on trying to control life. Now, a big problem with the insecurity is that, as I've been mentioning, it's a habit. Insecurity and the habits of control are all habituated patterns. And as you know, we are designed by evolutionary intent to become efficient. And one way we become efficient human beings is to have a capacity to build, to develop habits. If we weren't prone to developing habits, you know, like buttoning your blouse or shirt, tying your shoe, you know, we'd have to relearn these every day. But we become efficient by developing patterns in our brain. Literal anatomical changes. These are habits. Habits are imprinted in the brain. And... Take parallel parking. I always look at that. Wow. I remember when I was first learning to drive and trying to learn to parallel park was just, just the, the number of steps involved. And first step turn and, and go a little bit further. And now it's just automatic. You know, I don't think about it. I just zip, 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 and I'm in the spot. Now, all those in-between steps that you take when you're parallel parking, 
that's become habituated and you've become more efficient. And like I said, just even I mentioned buttoning your blouse or shirt. Just think about it. Next time you you unbutton or button, look at the movement of your fingers. It's incredible. So the brain becomes habituated with patterns, oftentimes very useful and helpful patterns. But when it comes to insecurity, sometimes destructive, if not demonic habits of self-flagellation, beating ourselves up, never forgiving, self-doubting, always worrying. These are habits. These are insecurity-driven habits. Now, one thing you, you need to know, since we, we were a few seconds ago talking about the power within you, one thing you fully need to embrace, and this is, I feel, a fact of life. I don't feel this is speculation. All habits are learned, and all habits can be broken. That's an empowered place for you to be. I want you to understand that whatever the habits are that are tripping you up, whatever those insecurity-driven habits that are tripping you up, they were learned, and they can be broken. And if you listen to my podcast, you know I treat anxiety, depression, and other emotional struggle as habits, not mental illnesses. An illness is something you catch, something you contract. But if you start thinking about your struggles as habits, well, that kind of puts you right in the driver's seat. You see, you're not a victim of an illness, a virus. If it's a habit, well, if habits are learned, it can be broken. Then you come to the conclusion, well, what am I going to do about it? And there's where we want you to be. What am I going to do about the insecurity-driven habits that are going through my life willy-nilly and me being passive, sitting in the backseat, accepting my life to be driven by these faulty, smudged perceptions, distortions of fear, doubt, and negativity. So if all life it can be broken down to what are the habits that rule and ruin you, sometimes some habits are good. But if the habits that are ruining your life, if you can recognize those habits and become less passive, more assertive, and realize that it's up to you if you just allow yourself to cower and be convinced that you are powerless and you allow insecurity to call the shots again and again and again, well, then you've suppressed your power. Now, what's the ultimate goal of self-coaching? Of self-healing, and that's self-trust. See, the antithesis of insecurity is self-trust. Without self-trust, then you have to rely on insecurity to guide the way because it's developing those controlling strategies. You don't have self-trust. So if you can't trust yourself, if you can't believe that you can handle life, then you need those controlling strategies to feel less vulnerable. Even though they don't do anything except perpetuate the vulnerability that you feel, and that's an important point. Trying to control life doesn't really give you a sense, not, not a legitimate sense of really being in control in life. It perpetuates the need to go on controlling 
to go on worrying, to go on ruminating. You see, and this is why these habits persist over time. They don't go away. They oftentimes get worse. Without self-trust, we are in bed with self-distrust. We trust insecurity-driven attempts to control life. Now, when I say control life, there is good control, bad control. Obviously, I'm not talking about good control, taking vitamins, wearing seat belts, and those, those things that are understandable and pragmatic and proportionate. I'm talking about neurotic control, trying to control things that haven't happened, ruminating about things that have happened, leaving the present and becoming a time traveler, past, future, but not present. That's what self-distrust does. So recognize that your habits will resist you. Because like I said before, the habits are really now manifested in the anatomy of your brain. That's where habits reside. And in order to break a habit, well, certainly you're going to have to become more active. And, and I'm going to get into you know, specifically what I feel you need to do in terms of breaking the habits of control slash insecurity. But in order to start cleaning off the smudges on your glasses, your perception, you're going to have to start thinking more clearly. And you're going to have to take a look at, you know, faulty identifications that you might have, things that, that distract you from seeing clearly. Take, for example, low self-esteem, the I can't, the whining that goes on. You know, when you find yourself in that back seat feeling impotent, you know, that's you're identified with, with your impotence. Well, what am I going to do? You know, you become identified with inefficiency, with ineffectiveness, with powerlessness. And if you are identified with it, then you become that. And the other side of that coin is, is just as true. An inflated self, arrogant, narcissistic, it's also a defense against insecurity. You try to rise above your insecurity by dominating, by not caring, by loving yourself too much. You know, the word modesty, the Latin derivative is to assess or measure accurately. An inflated self-concept isn't an accurate self-concept. It's inflated because insecurity needs to help you rise above your lack of self-trust. So an inflated status, you know, if I get all that money or if I get that car or if I get that job, then I'll be okay. Don't identify with those things that are perpetrated by insecurity. So part of developing the capacity to break the habits of insecurity is seeing yourself in a way that starts to wipe away those smudges. I want you to recognize, we talked about the empowered feelings, the healing that's your potential, the homeostatic tendency of your natural innate potential. But I want you to realize that you are your best coach. And now we come to coaching. I developed self-coaching because I felt that there needs to be the motor, the impetus, the fire, 
the burning to heal oneself. That's what a good coach does. You know, a good coach lights a fire. And if, if you want to coach yourself, you have to begin with what we're talking about today, and that's to go on as if you genuinely have the power to heal, to break the habits of insecurity. How do we break the habits of insecurity? Well, like any habit, we're either reinforcing it or feeding it or we're starving it. All habits depend on reinforcement or they wither away. If I didn't parallel park, say, for the next 100 years, I would lose that ability. That habit would diminish in strength. If they replaced buttons with zippers and buttons were now uh, illegal in the world, eventually I would lose the talent of buttoning a shirt. So that's why we need to coach ourselves. We need to realize that in order to break the habits of insecurity, we have to stop feeding the habits of insecurity. How do we feed them? Well, you feed them with crumbs, crumbs of doubt, crumbs of fear, crumbs of negativity. These are the three essential tools that insecurity uses to keep you hostage, to keep the habit and habits of insecurity reinforced, doubts, fears, and negativity. And they're catchwords. Catch yourself. When you start to see yourself drifting towards a doubt, a fear, a negativity, you're, you're abandoning self-trust, and you're handing yourself over to insecurity's self-distrust. Become more active. Start to realize that you're not going to continue to feed the habits that are diminishing your life. This is what coaching is about. Becoming more mature, less childlike. And I use the term child reflex in my writings because the habits of insecurity were laid down in early developmental years. And if you look at a lot of your fears, your doubts and hesitations, you'll see a childlike quality to your own thinking. Oh no, that's good, I can't handle that hysteroid child. So the process of healing, personal healing, is a process of maturity, psychological maturity. And to become mature, you need to coach yourself and start treating yourself as the mature person you need to be. And the way towards that person, watch out for the doubts, the fears, the negative. Stop being passive. Dig your heels in. Start redefining who you are. But you need to coach yourself. This is not something that happens to you or you can read about. or you. This is something you have to practice over time. Catch yourself in the feeding process, in the reinforcing of bad habits. Catch yourself. Dig your heels in. Coach yourself to stop, to be stronger. And remember, you're trying to develop a habit of maturity, which is a habit of objectivity, a habit devoid and separate from insecurity. Work at it. All habits require practice over time. You got to do this every day. You've got to invest time and effort. Now, you don't have to. You don't have to become a great coach. 
You don't have to invest time and effort. It's up to you. The quality of your life will demonstrate the amount of effort you put into your coaching. So I do wish you a Newt Rockney form of coaching and get yourself off the bench and get involved in your life. And remember, it's practice over time. I do wish you the best. And while you're striving for your best, I'd like you to visit my website. And a lot of these concepts, you know, are, I should mention the website, it's selfcoaching.net. A lot of these concepts are in my book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression. It really is a four-step program in how to actively become involved in extinguishing the self-distrust and the needless habits of insecurity. So take a look. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless. And you, did I say powerless? <laughs> By definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. Remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me every week. How about we make it simple Believe together? Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your 